The Elvis Cast with Grant Bench. Welcome along to part two of our interview with Tony Stutchbury, UK Elvis fan. At the end of part one, we heard about Tony's involvement with the Memphis Recording Service, but he's also involved with Henrik Knudsen from the Memphis Mansion in Denmark. Let's find out how Tony became involved in that project. Well, I've known Henrik for over 20 years online, and I always promised him, well, I'll, I'll, come, I'll, I'll, I'll come to Randers one day. But every time I looked at it, it was like, how much? How diff-? It just seemed difficult and expensive to get to. Uh, but then, you know, this is when he had his Elvis Unlimited shop in Randers before the mansion. But then things started appearing online that he's going to be building a replica grace. And then I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And it's actually that that I followed and supported him with. And it's actually that that drew me eventually to Denmark to push the boat out and, and go over there. Uh, and when I got there, it's just amazing to stand in front of it. After you've been to, you know, to the real Graceland, to go and see a replica in Denmark, it's kind of surreal. Uh, but what Henrik has at Memphis Mansion, now that I think they've lost a lot of at Graceland, is the social aspect. Mm. I used to love going to Graceland and you could hang around on the plaza after hours, meet with your friends, get a coffee, have a chat, just basically hang out with like-minded Elvis fans. You can't do that now because they lock everything up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I miss the social, as- uh, social aspect of it all. But Memphis Mansion, they have a shop, they have a restaurant, they have a little bar in the restaurant, they've got the massive museum downstairs, they've got uh, rooms upstairs where you can host concerts or hire it out for private parties. It's very social. And you can just hang around with your friends all day and talk Elvis. And while you're there, if you want a drink, you go and get a drink. You get a coffee, you get a coke, you get a beer, whatever. You get hungry, you can have a meal. You just want to hang out in the re- in the museum and talk to your friends, you can do that. It's very social. Uh So since I went over there in 2017, you know, I've been back many times. Uh, I just just went on on holiday with my wife because she wanted to go on holiday for for a change somewhere that didn't have anything to do with Elvis. (laughs) So I said, I'll tell you what, let's go to Denmark. She said, I know why you want to go to Denmark. I said, well, we'll go for two weeks, but we can spend a couple of days in Randers, but the rest of the holiday we'll do other things. So she went, okay then. So that's how I initially managed to finally get to Memphis Mansion. But we've we've done the rest of the country, and as a country, I do love Denmark. I must admit, it's a, it's a nice place and easy to get around. And the second language is English, so I don't have to speak Danish. <laughs> Although I can a little bit now, I can yeah, read it. Yeah, understand yeah. people, but I can't really speak it. No, they do. They do a great job. Now, Tony, they they've put out some uh, records and CDs and things in the past. Um, you, you're actually in, cleverly involved with one that's coming out very, very soon that I'm really excited about. Can you tell us about it? Well, I don't know which one you're really excited about. <laughs> there's two. There's, there's a CD called From Elvis at Sun, and there's a 10-inch vinyl called The Best of Elvis. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm, exci- I'm excited about both, but, yeah, the, the, the Sun one's what I was thinking of, but I, I temporarily forgot about that, that uh, Best of Elvis one. Well, the Best of Elvis vinyl was really going to be the first one because I did the uh, Stereo Master of Heartbreak Hotel uh, and that opens that that, that release. Uh, and I really wanted that 
10 inch to kind of look like the original but not be the same but different kind of thing uh, and I toted me uh, stereo heartbreaker tell around to a lot of people uh, friends and family and people who would tell me if it was rubbish they'd be honest enough to say it's rubbish but nobody did and I thought well wow that's good uh, so very pleased with the, the reactions to that but the Sun, the sun Masters are a difficult thing to deal with because straight from the off, I know it's going to upset some people. You shouldn't be messing with the mono classics and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. It's like they shouldn't be colourising black and white movies, but they do. So, like I say to people with the colourised movies, if you don't want to watch a colourised movie that was in colour... Turn your collar off and watch it in black and white. There you go. If you don't want to listen to Elvis in stereo, no one that you know what people are calling it fake stereo, but technically, it's not fake stereo. It's proper stereo because the instruments and the vocals are isolated, and then you place them into a stereo landscape where you want them. So you are actually creating a stereo master from an original mono master. Uh, but if you don't want to listen to it, fine. No one's making you buy it. No issue with that at all. I have no issue with people saying you shouldn't be messing with the Mono Masters, other than the fact is I'm not deleting the Mono Masters. They're still there and they always will be there. Mm. And if you buy this stereo release and flick the Mono mono switch on, it'll sound mono. And it should sound like what you've heard, how you've heard them before. Because that, that's the thing I'm trying to do with what I'm doing is not really change how it sounds other than to make it stereo. Yeah, because you're not you're not my... you're not adding or adding or taking anything away, are you? You're just no, trying no, to bring much. out what's there. No, no. Co- correct. Uh, I actually sent my stereo master to a friend in Canada to listen to, and he must have listened to it on something. He wasn't listening in stereo. He says, "Yeah, it's good rocking tonight. It sounds great." But what am I listening to? He says, "What am I missing?" I said, "Headphones." He said, "Well, <laughs> I'll listen to it tonight. Listen to it tonight when I get home." So he listened to it a couple of nights later at home, and he said, "Wow, it's stereo." That sounds really good. And I'm like, good. He passed the test. Because initially he wasn't listening in stereo and it just sounded like good rocking tonight. That's the trick. Don't mess about with it too much. Just just do what you need to do to make it interesting to listen to. And I know whatever I say, it's not going to sway some people. Well, that doesn't matter because, like Elvis used to say, you cannot please everyone. And I'm not out to please everyone. I'm out to please myself and other people who like this kind of thing. And that's that's fine. Well, it's becoming not just with Elvis, a lot of other uh, artists are using this technique as well, aren't they? Well, uh, point in case, the, the, the Revolver album with, with the Beatles, uh, Giles Martin has actually used it to extract some individual elements from things that were bounced down onto tapes back in the day that are long since gone. And it's being used professionally in professional studios so you know i was kind of influenced by some of the things i've already heard i mean eric records had set the standard years ago and you know i've, I've been lauding over them to, to people for, for years saying listen to this listen to what they've done and this was like six seven years ago when it was in its infancy and but then other people have done stuff, and I'm like, I'm not so sure about this. So it's kind of inspired me to, what do I need? What can I do? 
I want to have I want to have a go at this, see what I can do. Mm. So after a small investment I made myself, I managed to get what I needed, and uh, I'd tinker around with it, that kind of thing, and, and come up with what I come up with. I'm not going to tell anybody what I've got and what I'm using. But I do laugh when I read online about it, someone just tinkering around on a laptop. That really does, and that anybody can do it. I said, well, let me tell you, it isn't, and no, they can't. But feel free to have a go. <laughs> no, it, it, it takes a special ear to do it as well, I think. Because, um, you know, like you say, you're not, you, initially you probably just did it for yourself to see what it sounded like. And then when you Correct. got the validation from other fans, you thought, you know, That's exactly I, what happened. Yeah, because uh, exactly. to have, to have and, the great, and the thing, and the thing is as well, what you've got to remember is, if you can strip a mono track into individual elements to make it stereo, let me drop a little hint here. Imagine having an Elvis movie soundtrack recording, and you know how they are from the sixties. You've got Elvis in the centre, the Jordaners usually over on the right, and the rest of the music's generally over on the left including the drums with the rest of them. Wouldn't it be nice to take the drums out and put them behind Elvis's vocal to give it a better stereo image? Absolutely. Hint, hint. <laughs> now, this CD, when's it actually released uh, to the public? This month. This month. It will be April. Now, is it... If, a, by, any fluke, if, if by any fluke it, 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 it goes longer than that, it will definitely be the beginning of May. Uh, I really wanted to do this from Elvis at Sun on vinyl, but the, the leading time now for vinyl is like six months. So if you want to put something out, you can't do it quick on vinyl. I yeah. mean, the best of Elvis, I completed that, I think it was November last year. So where it's already five months since I mastered the best of Elvis, and it's still not out because pressing plants are busy and they have other clients to work with. It's not just us, and this goes for everyone. Uh, so I really wanted the From Elvis at Sun out quick and I'll be honest with you I didn't want it to be expensive and people to, to say I'm not paying that for that so a CD at 13 euros is I think a fair price for it plus it can be quick so yeah. you know maybe you know four to six weeks is it instead a, of four to six months Is it a limited edition at all? Uh, at the moment it's like the vinyls there's going to be 300 done but uh, apparently it's selling really quick, and we're already considering, or Henrik's already considering a separate second pressing of it, another 300. Well, if anyone's so, listening that would like to pre-record it, uh, search for the Memphis match, and I'll put a link in the notes so you can uh, head straight there and, and pre-order it. Just a little wary for those overseas. Uh, postage is a bit of a, a bugbear of mine, even though I work for Australia Post. We are working on trying to get, get, them, get it out to other dealers, so maybe people can buy it. You know, people in other parts of the world can probably buy it from a dealer closer to them. Well, but that's not a part of the business that I'm involved no. in. Well, the other thing is, great, get a couple of friends together and buy a few copies and uh, uh, you'll get a good idea. But get it, one lot of postage, yeah. yeah. But it is a, it, it, it very well worth it, I, I can guarantee you, for that. I've heard some of the, the samples and they're, they're very well have you uh, worth it. Have, have you heard samples? Who's been sending them to you? <laughs> You did. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah, that's all right. Then. That's all right. Only thoughts about they're really, really good. But I, I, but the one thing I do know is uh, Tony's credibility is second to none for mine. If he, if he, he wouldn't put it out if he's not happy with it. So that that I know for hundred percent for sure. I, I do hold myself to a to a pretty high standard, and if I'm not happy with it, you ain't gonna hear it. 
Well, get to the Memphis Mansion for more uh, details. Now, a few other Elvisy things to uh, talk about with you, Tony. Tell us about some of the uh, the people you've you've met in in the Elvis world. I know James Burton. Uh, you spend a lot of time with him. Well, that's down to Henrik and Memphis Mansion. Uh, so I thank him for that friendship with James because, uh, like I said earlier, me and my wife went to Denmark in June 2017. I took pictures of the of the uh, museum at Memphis Mansion. I put them up on my Facebook page, and I'd only been home about two, three weeks from Memphis Mansion, and Henrik saw the photos. He says, hey, good pictures. He says, I've got James Burton coming to do a couple of shows in September. He says, would you like to come back and photograph it for me? And I have to think for a nanosecond and say no. Of course, of course <laughs> what kind of question is that? You know what I mean? So, so I ended up, three months after I first went there, going back and just photographing these shows with James Burton. For Henrik, for, for his, you know, for, you know, for Memphis Mansion, not not thinking that I'd end up having to drive him around in the future and be his chauffeur and run him here and run him there and just basically get a little bit of a friendship going with him just by hanging out and taking pictures. And it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing because I know he's James Burton, but when I'm helping Henrik out. He's just another person there, and I'm doing what I enjoy doing, which is taking pictures. It's when you sit down at night and you sat across from a table from him or you sat next to him at dinner and you're thinking, that's James Burton. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really weird. So, so yeah, he's, he's a special guy, and I do hold him on a bit of a pedestal, and I don't mind admitting it because the music I've listened to through my life, I was listening to him playing guitar, on many things without even knowing it was him playing that guitar. I just liked what I was hearing. And it turns out the guy playing the guitar on Elvis uh, from Memphis to Vegas is James Burton. The guy playing guitar on Ricky Nelson's I've Got a Feeling in It's Late is James Burton. The guy playing guitar on those Everly Brothers tracks that I like is James Burton. Mm -hmm. I never knew that at the time, but... It, it, at least I'm consistent that I like James Burton. <laughs> yeah, well, I think a lot of people like James Burton, and he's a. Uh, it, it's great that he's he's. You get. I think he's had some health problems recently, but hopefully he'll yeah. be back playing that playing the guitar pretty soon. He's back, I saw on Facebook the other day he's back playing guitar at home with friends, so that was nice to mm. see. Tell us about some of the others you, you know in the Elvis world. I know you've got lots of good friends. Mm, what you mean, like Alana Nash or? Yeah, the friendship I had with Dick Grohl. Uh, oh, he was a funny chap. All, all, all these, all these friendships, more or less, came from other people. I got to know Dick Grohl through my friend Rick Cross in Vegas. Uh, Rick introduced us. Uh, I was going over to Vegas on vacation, and I'd known Rick online for a while. He said, "Well, I said, I'll, I'll come and uh, come and meet up with you when you're over here." He says, "Hey." He said, I'll even introduce you to Dick Grove. He says, why don't you come to the cinema with us? We're going to see an Elvis special edition. That's the way it is. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. He says, Stump Monroe's coming as well. You know, Sweet Inspirations drummer. All right, right, okay. So I'm like, I'm going on holiday to see my mate Rick Cross and he's introducing me to all his friends who are these people who work for Elvis. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. But uh, Dick always frightened me because... He looked tough and he looked hard, and he was, but in his heart he was a big softy. Uh, and I thought, how do I break the ice with Dick Grove? So we were at the 
cinema complex waiting for him and Melissa to arrive. And uh, so I'm already there with my wife and Rick was there and Stump was there and Sherry there, and was there. And Dick and Melissa come in and I'm like, wow. And he was really tall, Dick. <laughs> and uh, so they got the tickets and as we walk into the, the screen room, I said to Dick, nice to meet you at last. I said, I'd like to buy you a drink later. He said, well, how do you know what I drink? I went, oh, I know what you drink. And he went, well, what is it? I said, lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you, you've got to know the story of lemonade to know how that would break the ice. But that's what Elvis gave Dick to drink when, El- when Dick was guarding Priscilla and Elvis at the honeymoon cottage. He, he brought him lemonade. He did. So, <laughs> Dick was how he was. He wasn't any different with with anyone. And thanks to my friend Rick Cross, I'm absolutely honoured to say and proud to say that Dick Grove was my friend. We hope you'll join us for part three when Tony talks more about people he knows in the Elvis world. Look out for part three very soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Elvis Cast. Subscribe or follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. Just search for Elvis Cast. All the links and contact information can be found on my website, elviscast.com If you'd like more information about this episode's special guest, check out the show notes in the description. Thanks for listening to the Elviscast.